morning to each of you. Greet you in Jesus' name. It's good to be here today and to see you again. I'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, just a single verse I'd like to read there. Just by way of, um, I don't know, correction or information, our family is more scattered than, than maybe some of you realize. Uh, we have a family, part of our family in the country of Columbia, in the country of Grenada, as well as here in Virginia. So uh, thank you for your prayers. Ephesians 5, verse 29. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, I just discovered this morning that you folks here have just uh, gone through the portion of Scripture in the book of James that talks about the tongue, last Sunday, if I remember right. And uh, I had no idea that's the way it was. And this morning, I'd like to talk about the tongue. And so I'm not going to apologize because God does things that we don't understand and um, has things for us, I believe. Here's a question. Who am I? I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and ruin lives. I am cruel and malicious. I become stronger and more persistent with age. The more I'm quoted, the more I'm believed. I flourish at every level of society, even in the church, and to track me down is almost impossible. The harder you try to point me out, the more elusive I become. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me, because usually I do not have a name or a face. I'm nobody's friend, and once I tarnish a reputation, it often cannot be the same. I topple governments. I ruin marriages. I am addictive. I destroy careers and cause heartache and sleepless nights. I wreck churches. I wreck homes and separate Christians. I am suspicious of others, and I bring suspicion and grief. And though I am so elusive, yet everyone has heard my voice, even though many times I am disguised. I am ugly, and yet many people still love me and refuse to get rid of me. What is my name? My name is Gossip. I like to think about that this morning. Is gossip really a big deal? I like to do something I don't do very often, and that is write something on the board. And I'm going to hope that uh, one of these markers will work. Not very. Don't have much faith, do it.
Now, what's the difference between those two sentences besides my handwriting? There's a difference, isn't there? And for those of you in school, maybe just learning about punctuation, and you wonder, is it really important? Is, is it necessary to learn what a comma means and what it does and what it changes? There's your example. There's only one difference, if I did it right, there's only one difference in those two sentences, and that's that comma. And that little bit changes everything. And if you're listening on the internet or by CD, what I've done is write this sentence, let's eat grandma. In one sentence I have a comma in the middle and the other one I don't. And there's a vast difference in those two. One of them, one of that sentences is inviting grandma to come eat lunch. It hints at love, hints at companionship, it hints for caring for someone else, and so on. The second sentence there means something completely diff different. It hints at secrecy and hatred and taking advantage of a weaker person and destroying someone else to fulfill my selfish pleasures. Grandma is invited, but not to eat with you. That's awful, isn't it? Changes the whole sentence. Maybe we could say commas save lives. In fact, that's what I entitled this message this morning. Commas saves lives. And really, we're talking about gossip or love. And we know what the Bible says about our tongues. And you folks, local folks here, just uh, studied that last Sunday. It's a very small but a very powerful thing. And I'd like to suggest that that little comma in the sentence is a lot like the motive that is connected to our tongue. It's the attitudes, it's the purposes, it's the intentions that go along with what we say. It's why we say what we say. Our motives speak loudly sometimes. And sometimes our motives are hidden, not apparent. Especially when our motives are not, not what they ought to be. But our motives give a lot of meaning to what we say. You know, in thinking about these two little silly sentences up here, this is one of the reasons why I think we need to be wise and careful when we communicate with others without the benefit of uh, facial expression, tone of voice. You send a text, an email, you're somewhat limited. And I think we need to be aware of that because you can say something without meaning to and someone can take something that you were intending to send. The, the message was very different. And so I think we need to be aware of that and, and careful. But today we're thinking about gossip. Gossip is like dandelion weeds and the seeds that are on the stalks. And once they turn loose, there's no way to bring them back and put them back on where they belong. But they blow where the wind takes them and you cannot get them back again and they'll take root and grow somewhere else. So what is gossip? I think we know what it is, but Webster defines gossip as a person who habitually reveals personal and sensational information. Gossip can also be a rumor that is, uh, or a report made public that should not have been. 
It's sharing information which damages another person's reputation and sharing it with someone that doesn't have any need to know. Sometimes gossip is factual. It's the truth. But more, more often probably the facts are distorted or twisted or incomplete to make the story more interesting. And it's not very far from gossip to slander. Slander is, is when I tell information about someone else that I know is false or is least as twisted or distorted or incomplete, and I tell that tale with a motive to damage. It's intentional. It's on purpose. It's what Potiphar's wife did to Joseph there in Egypt so many years ago. Slander. Now, we all know that gossip is wrong. We sort of know what that is. But somehow I tend, at least, to not think of myself as a person who gossips. But I think we need to do a little careful consideration because sometimes it's hard to see our own weaknesses and our own faults. Maybe it's good to think about why would we be tempted to gossip? You know the song, I Love to Tell the Story. And that song is written with the idea of wanting to tell the story of Jesus to others, to the world. But our flesh somehow loves to tell other stories. Stories juicy with gossip. And maybe we tolerate gossip sometimes because we're guilty of it. So why do we gossip? Well, we gossip sometimes because we love our inside or status more than we love the person we're talking about. And when Christ is not Lord of my tongue, as you studied last Sunday, and Lord of my attitudes and my motives, we become selfish and even mean in the use of our tongues. Our selfishness, sometimes we don't think about the person being gossiped about their feelings, their reputations, their relationships with others. And somehow we feel special and powerful because we know something about someone that not everybody knows. And that somehow uh, puffs us up. We, we feel important. And we can't wait to share what we know. But as we think about this subject, the truth of the matter is when we gossip about someone... We're raising ourselves up by stomping someone else down. And that, folks, is not right. We, we know that. Trying to enhance our own image without thinking of the damage we're doing to others. All the sins of the tongue are deadly, but gossip may be especially so. Gossip is deceptive. We can call it many things. We can call it concern. It can be disguised. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8 says this. Proverbs 18, verse 8. <clears throat> the words of a talebearer are as wounds that go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Some translations give this verse uh, the idea of gossip being something we love to gulp down. It's like a, I think the Amplified gives it as a being 
uh, dainty morsels that we love to consume. In our world today, businesses thrive on dainty morsels of gossip. Websites and newspapers and so on, you know, what all the celebrities are doing, who's dating who, who's getting married, who's getting divorced, who's having an affair, who had to go to rehab, who has the most money, the best clothes, or the most important role in whatever movie. And we glance at those magazines at the checkout line and, and think, what rubbish. Why would you buy that junk? Why do you believe this stuff? And a lot of what is written there may not be true at all. We don't know. Or at least it's been sensationalized. be more interesting. I've seen a headline once in one of those tabloids that said this. Two-headed Elvis clone to marry Martian alien. Now who believes something like that? You know, to be more honest, even though we may not be attracted to those kind of headlines because we know that's not true. Gossip can be involved in our lives even when we don't admit it and recognize it. Now, maybe we're all feeling guilty. Maybe we should. My intention is not to be negative here this morning. But the issue of gossip is a lot bigger deal than we tend to think it is. Gossip is not just a little bad habit. Let's say it what it is, and that is sin. Let's look at briefly at the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 40, verse 16. Do you know that gossip is pointed out in the Ten Commandments? Exodus 20, verse 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Now that's about lying. Um, and maybe that is the main point here. God does hate lying. But what God told Moses here is that no one should bring a false testimony about someone else and, and tell a tale on someone else. Notice the offenses against another person. Telling something false about that person. And if that isn't gossip, that's awfully, awfully close to it. And back to Proverbs again. Proverbs chapter 6 this time. Verse 16 through 19. Proverbs, 16, uh, Proverbs 6, verse 16. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than chosen, to be chosen than silver? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction, and a holy spirit before a fall. So I'm in 16, chapter 6, verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Now turning to chapter 16, verse 28. 16.28 A forward man soweth strife and a whisperer separateth the chief friends. 
A whisperer is someone who gossips. He is uh, sharing information he should not. And so uh, my point is that, that gossip is a serious business with God and should be to us. In the book of James, chapter 1, close to where we were this morning and where you were not so long ago in your Sunday school, James 1.26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. And if I think that gossip is no big deal, then I need to think this verse very, through very carefully. In other words, if Christ is not the Lord of my tongue, then am I really completely His? Bridleth the tongue means it, having it under control. And in order for Christ to be truly Lord of my life, He needs to be Lord of all of my life. And that includes my tongue. And the motives behind it. The book of Romans mentions gossip. Romans chapter 1, verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, down to verse uh, 32, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Uh, have you ever slipped up and accidentally murdered someone? You know, whoops, sorry about that, Johnny. You know, try not to do that again. No. Thankfully, we haven't. But uh, let's notice that God takes the sin of gossip very seriously, and so should we. Even if the tib tidbit of gossip is true, the spirit or the intention or the motive of the gossiper is wrong. Now, I realize that often women are blamed for gossip, probably not fairly, because men gossip too, maybe in a different way, but we all can be guilty of that. But it is true, men tend to talk less than women, and women tend to focus on relationships. They have a keen interest in relationships between people, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it wouldn't be for that, it would be a... A very different world. They have a keen relations, uh, interest in relationships. But this unique tendency needs to be under the Lordship of Jesus Christ or Satan will have an opportunity to use a tongue as a wedge, as something to bring pain and destruction. And maybe we shouldn't compare sins here. I don't think that's wise. But just for a perspective from Scripture... There's something to think about. A lot of women are disgusted with men's weakness for the temptations of the flesh. Is that right? I'd say that's probably true. It's disgusting. I mean, you know it's wrong. It's a real weakness, and that's right. It is a real weakness, and it is wrong. The Bible's clear about that. The sins of the flesh do all kinds of damage. But let's not forget that the tongue out of control is listed in Scripture that I just read right there with fornication. Think about that. Maybe it's not good to make a comparison, but it's listed there together. Romans 1 verse 29. 
So if I think a loose tongue is a little thing, I'm just made that way. <laughs> I can't help it. And we excuse and trivialize it. What God calls sin, we're in trouble. And we need to do what we talked about in our Sunday school lesson. There's some repenting. And that goes for us men, goes for women, it goes for all of us. Here's some things to remember about gossip. First of all, God holds us accountable for the words that we speak. Matthew 12, verses 36 and 37. Every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Remember that the person who gossips to you about others will likely gossip to others about you. That's something serious to think about. Not to be involved with that kind of thing. Gossip and slander disqualifies a person for spiritual leadership. 1 Timothy 3 verse 11 says, Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober and faithful in all things, and so on. As I said, gossip can be easily disguised as concern for others. Gossip often thrives on secrecy. When the secrecy is removed, the gossip stops. Isn't that interesting? Another thing to remember is that gossip always contributes to your problem and it is never a solution to the problem. Gossip always distorts and exaggerates and is not truthful. The drama of the story is more important than the truth is. And when I'm involved in gossip and slander, I'm not in right relationship with my Heavenly Father. Psalm 66, verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Regarding iniquity has the idea of cherishing sin, enjoying sin. And so gossip not only comes between me and other people, but gossip becomes between me and God. And so why is gossip wrong? Well, first of all, gossip is wrong because God says so. Simple as that. Gossip is wrong because it destroys others. Gossip is wrong because it comes from a selfish and prideful spirit. Talking about a litmus test. <laughs> it's here. You think about our, our words. Gossip is wrong because it's often not the truth, or at least it's only partially true. It's out of context. Gossip is wrong because it protects the source more than the victim. Gossip is wrong because it wants to hurt someone else without being held accountable. Gossip is wrong because it's self-motivated. If I can make you look worse than me, it somehow elevates me. It won't look so bad. Gossip is wrong because it violates the rule of love, 1 Corinthians 13. Gossip is wrong because it becomes a habit and lifestyle that destroys all relationships. Gossip is wrong because we are influencing others to think and act like we do. And it's especially destructive when children learn from us as parents to gossip and have the critical and bad attitudes that can happen in our homes, thinking about authority figures and so on. The unkind remarks. Our children learn from our example. So when I spout off about the boss and the policeman and the inspector and the school teacher and the brother and sister I'm irritated at, 
Our children are listening and learning, and sometimes we need to be reminded of that. And when that becomes a habitual part of my life as a parent, then I shouldn't be so surprised when my children follow my example and am disrespectful and so on to me as their parent, because I've taught them to do that by my example. Now, I realize that sometimes we say things that comes out in a way we didn't intend. Didn't intend to gossip. We didn't have a wrong motive. It just came out. And because we're human, we make mistakes. And we can be so unwise in our words. And it gets away from us before we realize it. And so, even though I didn't intend to hurt, hurt someone... Yet my unwise words can still do damage. Some of us are more blunt than others. We just say it like it is. Um, We don't beat around the bush, we beat the bush. Let's get to the source here and get it done. Um, You know, maybe there's some things for us to learn. Learn some tact. Learn to be caring, more loving. Think a bit before we speak. Learn to be wise and to think about what the other person is hearing as we share. Am I, be, am I willing to be gracious with my words? Willing to seek forgiveness when I have messed up? Willing to make an effort to try to understand that person who thinks so differently than, than I do? Willing to learn to use that tongue wisely? It's a challenge. So, we know the gossip is wrong. So what do we do about my tendency to gossip? And the answer is, as it is with all sin, repent and seek forgiveness. And seek to walk a different path. Forgiveness from God, forgiveness from those we have hurt and influenced, and by God's grace, walk a different path. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. That's not the idea of walking the same path, is it? To cleanse us. It's a different path. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I guess my plea here is let's not trivialize what God calls sin. And kind of gloss over you know, what we see as a tendency. Yeah, I should do better, but this is who I am. Yes, we all have tendencies, that's right. But we need to realize the tongue is something no man can tame. The Bible says so. We need the power of Christ to take control of that tongue. Nail the wagging tongue to the cross. Christ must be Lord of our every part of our lives, including our tongue. Christ has the power to take something that our flesh wants to use selfishly and use it for His glory. To bless many, many people. That's the other side of this whole thing about the tongue. The tongue can be a, a terrible thing, wicked thing, and, and destroy everything around us. The tongue can also do much good. And I'd like to emphasize that this morning. God gave us a tongue to use, to use for His glory. But let's be honest about our motives as we use our tongue. 
Why do I need to share this kind of information? Think about that. Remember that God doesn't miss anything. He knows what we say and why we say it. May our tongue be an instrument that God can use for His glory and building of His kingdom. Okay, so I know I have a problem with my gossip in my life and I know I need to walk a different path. Okay, what about gossip someone brings to me? How do we handle that? It's not an easy question because we often don't know the motives behind the why someone does what they do. We don't know their heart. And so we need to be careful and gracious. Maybe what we're hearing from them is not exactly what's in their heart, at least what we're understanding. But if we encounter gossip among those who claim to be Christ, claim Christ as their Lord, we should confront it. And that's not easy to do. Because we don't know how, what do you say? How do you handle this? You know, it is possible to be involved in the slander of silence. And how do we know when to speak up and when to be silent? That's not an easy question. Knowing that gossip is going on and yet not being willing to confront it, and we allow it to continue. Well, we can ask questions like, what is your reason for telling me this information? Where did you get your information? Is it accurate? Have you gone to that person personally to uh, clear the situation, do the Matthew 18 way? Can I quote you if I check on this information? Usually the gossip doesn't want anything to do with that. No gossiping person wants to be held accountable for being the gossip. Sometimes stopping the gossip store or rumor can be really hard. Especially if the one doing the gossiping is some sort of an authority figure in my life. And that's delicate because on the one hand you want to be respectful. You want to be submit to the authority figures in your life as Scripture would, would teach us. But yet if there's gossip happening, somehow we need to address it. We need to be part of the solution. Proverbs 26, verse 20, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there's no tailbearer, the strife ceases. There's a story, I don't know if it's true or not, but the lady is peeking out her window, watching the neighbor lady again, watching her, and criticizing to her friend, visiting friend, about that woman over there. You know, that neighbor sure isn't very clean. Just look at all the streaks on her laundry. She's out there hanging her laundry. And this lady's friend said, um, the streaks are on your window pane, not on the neighbor's laundry. Just a, a reminder that a brother may have a moat in his eye, but I may have a beam in mine. It's an important reminder about this whole, this whole thing about gossip. Let's search our own hearts as well and be willing to have the beam removed out of my eye so I can remove the mode out of my brother's. By the way, both of those need to be removed, don't they? Now here's a question I've grappled with many times. When is it gossip and when is it a proper and a genuine concern? How do I know the difference? And I'd be curious what you would say about it in answer to that question. What is the difference between the two? 
gossip or a proper and a genuine concern. Maybe this is oversimplification, probably is, but I think the difference is in motive and accuracy. And there may be other things. Motive and accuracy. Is it motivated by love or motivated by selfishness and pride in the flesh and in the drama of the story? When we hear rumor, we ought to verify what is the truth before we pass that information on. And if it turns out to be true, that still doesn't mean it's okay to pass it on. Because it's also the part of the motive behind it. And we need to think about that. Maybe wiser not to share hurtful information, even if it is true. And to search my own heart because it is possible to have to get revenge with some gossip of our own. We've been criticized, for example. It's easy to react to that with criticism of our own. So does that mean we can never share information? Do we always keep silence? Well, I don't know the answers to all that, but I think we do need to be really careful and wise before we open our mouth. But there are times we need to tell someone the truth about a situation or someone else. I think we need to verify what's true, examine our own motives very carefully and pray about it, seek Holy Spirit guidance. And there may be times we need to go to someone else with a concern. Sometimes we need advice. We just need someone else, another perspective to see if we're feeling and and seeing things accurately. Especially when there's been a conflict. Am I seeing this right? Help me see this from your point of view. And that person needs to be a trustworthy and reliable person who won't be a part of the the gossip circle. Yes, there is times we need to share situations with someone else. Suppose... Some young man, and I'm just, this is a totally made up story here. Some young man is interested in so-and-so's daughter, and you know something about this daughter or this young man, something these young people's lives that is not healthy, it's not good, there's bad habits, there's connections that are not right. Should you say something or not? Should you say something before this relationship gets intertwined? It's a good question. I don't know how to answer all that. But I will say that we we do need Holy Spirit guidance. We need a lot of wisdom. And the courage to do what we know is right. There are times we need to share about someone else's life. All kinds of situations that it's difficult to know what to do. And yes, I've been accused of being a tattletale. Remember that term from school, tattletale. But somebody was getting hurt. Somebody needed help. May God give us wisdom as we try to be wise in these situations, which is a gossip or a genuine concern. What is my motive? What about when I am the target of gossip? How do we handle that? And I mentioned just a little bit about it that kind of a situation. It's tough to be on that end of things. How do I handle that? The easy thing is to react to it. Being defensive, being angry, withdrawing, react to some gossip with retaliation over gossip of our own. 
These are things the flesh wants to do when we're the target. How should the Christian respond to unkind gossip that is aimed at them? 1 Peter 2, verse 21 gives us an answer. 1 Peter 2, verse 21 to 23. For even here and too were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was gal found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. And when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgest righteously. How did Jesus react to all the accusations against him? I am sure there was a lot of gossip, a lot of slander floating around in Jesus' day, but you know, we don't see Jesus reacting to that in anger or withdrawing from people. And Jesus gave us such a beautiful example to follow. What did Joseph do there in Egypt, the victim of Potiphar's wife's her lies and gossip? Joseph simply continued doing the right thing. It's good, good uh, advice for us. But in Jesus' day, the Jews, angry Jews, finally had to resort to slander to condemn Jesus to death. They couldn't find it with something truthful. They had to resort to slander. But Jesus was patient. Jesus was loving. What an example. And when we see, when someone comes to us with a, quote, concern, they see in our lives, what is my response? Think about what Jesus, uh, how he handled those kinds of situations. Proverbs 9, verses 8 and 9, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. You know, even if that person who comes to me with a concern that doesn't feel very nice to me, you see something in my life, even if that person is wrong, still, there are things we can learn from others. I tend to be hurt too easily and to miss the possible good intentions of the other person. Let's be careful not to pass off a genuine concern as simply gossip and some sort of a defensive reaction. We can even learn from unfair criticism, even if it doesn't feel good. If I'm humble enough to accept it. And we can miss out on some really, really good lessons in life when we walk off in a huff and withdraw from someone genuine concern. Let's not be super sensitive. Let's not have a creative memory. <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know, labeling people or, or reading into people's actions, motives behind it, and all the things we really don't know. Let's not have a, that kind of a creative memory. It's, easily, it's easy to invent imagined motives in someone else's life. Well, we have this little member between our teeth that can do a lot of good and can do a lot of damage. And how we use it in the way, how can we use it in the way that glorifies God? Should I tell this story to someone else? Should I speak up or should I keep my mouth shut? The verse we started out with, Ephesians 4 verse 29. It's a good place to to turn when we're grappling with these kinds of questions. 
let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good, you see the contrast, the tongue used for evil, the tongue used for good, that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Is it accurate? Is it, what is my motive? These are good questions to think about. Let me write something else on the board. And this is not original with me. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? What is the motive of my heart? Do I want to give grandma lunch or do I want to have grandma for lunch? It, it all goes back to where our heart is. Heart of love. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. That's what we are to be. Proverbs says, uh, Proverbs twenty one twenty three. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Let us be Christ like in our speech, in our motives, in why we say what we do. That uh, verse in Ephesians four twenty nine talks about not allowing corrupt communication to come out of our mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying. Edify. What does that mean? It means to build each other up. And I don't think it means flattery. I think it means probably some tough things sometimes that need to be said. But it's for the good of someone. And couple that with love. I think our tongues can be effective. We go about it Christ's way. A lot of damage that can be done with our tongues. It's also a lot of good. In the form of speech that edifies. I just want us to think about that. I'd like to close in Psalms, Psalm 141, verse 3. Psalm 141, verse 3. And this is my prayer for all of us. It says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. And I think about the shepherd uh, guarding Jesus being the door. A little bit similar illustration here. Uh, And the Lord is watching my mouth and keeping that door of my lips. What goes in and out is up to Him. And that's the heart I want to have. Let's think about that. Let's spread the gospel, not the gossip. Let's have a closing song.